It is unending. It is infinite. It is deep. And believe when I say his love has power today. Power to free you, heal you, and to fill you. And restore you. God's mercy hasn't changed. He keeps no record of wrong. And his mercy is new every morning. The cross hasn't changed. It's still there for you and for me, no matter who you are or what you've done. This is what we need to be reminded of today. That wherever two or more are gathered in his name, Jesus is standing in our midst. This means the church hasn't changed. The church isn't a building. It is you and I together, the spirit of God living in us, living through us. So today, as we come together and as we worship, let us be reminded that we are still his church. God is here with us right now. And no matter what your past looks like or how scary your future may be, you can trust God. You can trust God. And because he is here with us, we have everything we need today. We are still his church. We are still his church. We are still his church. Well, good morning. Let me welcome you to Crossroads. We are excited that you're here. It is a busy week. It's kind of amazing to me. I kind of noticed in the first service, a lot of people already gone. I didn't realize that for the most part, am I right, Holly? School's already out for most, for most people for the whole week. Uh, so people have taken advantage and gone today, and they're gone all week, and they're gone next week. So again, you can kind of see that. And the fact that we don't have any heat uh, kind of encourages somebody to stay at home, but we don't, we don't want it to be that way, but that's kind of just what we're dealing with right now. Now, if you were with us last weekend, you know that we looked at some verses in Psalms, verses that I, I know I've read before, but these were not necessarily verses that I have actually spoken from. And we're going to go to those in just a minute. But again, we started our time last week kind of looking at what, what, what's really going to matter when you're taking your last breaths. Because it may surprise you. Uh, again, you know, when you're on your deathbed and you're taking those last breaths, you're not going to think about, you know, how much money do I have? Who's going to be the next president? I mean, that's, that's not something you're going to be thinking about. The things that are most important, that first thing that you're going to be thinking about when you're taking those last breaths is your relationship with God, because you're about to meet him. That's what you're going to be thinking about. It may surprise you, but that's what you're going to be thinking about. The second thing that you're going to be thinking about is the relationship that you had with the people that God had placed around you, your family and your friends. Again, when, when you're on your deathbed and you're taking your last breath, those are the things that you're going to be thinking about. And, and again, when you think about those two things, you, start, you just kind of start to realize that, that, the, that the church is the only organization that's committed to helping you with those two things. The church is the only, only organization on the face of the earth that's committed to helping you in your relationship with God, committed to helping you get close to God. I mean, show me something else on this earth that's committed to helping you love your wife more or love your husband more or your kids or your neighbor or your coworker. There's nothing. It's the church. And we said it last week, the church is the hope of the world. And the church is the hope of the world because Jesus is the hope of the world. And Jesus has left us here on this planet 
to be the church, to be his hands and his feet. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul said it this way in Ephesians 1. He said, the church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts and fills everything with his presence. As the church, we are called to help people encounter God in this world. And what's really interesting is when you talk about the church, the, the Bible, the, the Scripture actually uses some, some really interesting words to help describe the church. I mean, let me show you three words. The Bible says that the, the church is a family, the church is a bride, and the church is a body. And, and again, you look at those three words and you see that all three of those words imply connection. In fact... Without connection, there's no completion in those words. Romans 12 says that, that you and I are a part of the body. Scripture describes the church as a body, but Romans 12 says that you and I are part of the body. <clears throat> and as part of the body, your part is not the same part as other parts. But it goes without saying that apart from the body... The church, you cannot function. And you've been created by God to function. But think about it this way. A hand cut off from the body, that hand cannot function. Because the hand is designed to be connected. And you cannot function and be who you were created to be apart from the body of Christ. That's the church. So let's look at those verses that we looked at last weekend so that we can wrap this up today. I, I guess we'll wrap this up today. We'll, we'll kind of see where it goes. And, and again, my voice is a little bit better, but we'll do the best we can. Okay, here's what it says, Psalm 92, starting at verse 12. It says, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. Now, some of you really like me. This is, this is really good. It's speaking to you. I mean, it's right down your wheelhouse. They will bear fruit in old age. Can I get an amen? They shall be fresh and flourishing. The writer in Psalms writes to let you know that this is about you. This is about you and what God has for your life. In other words, you should be looking at your life through the lens of those three verses, through the lens of this scripture. It says that the righteous will flourish. So the promise that is contained in the verses that we just read is for you. The promise is that the righteous will flourish. And the word right and the word flourish actually means when it says the righteous will flourish. The word fly, flourish actually means to thrive. It means to grow strong. It means to bear fruit. Like it said, even in your old age, you're still going to bear fruit. And the writer actually gives us two word pictures when it comes to how you're going to thrive. He says that you'll grow strong like a palm tree, like a cedar in Lebanon. We talked about both of those last week, and if you missed it, I would strongly encourage you, go to our Facebook page, 
scroll down, you'll find last week's message, or go to crossroadslebanon.com forward slash media, and you can listen to the audio version. But I want to look specifically at verse 13, Psalm 92, verse 13. Here's what it says. It says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. Now look at that. Look, look, look at what that says, because what you need to understand is this. That verse tells you that there's action that's required by you. You've got to get planted if you want to get in on the promise. Those who are planted in the house of our Lord will flourish in the courts of our God. You got to get planted to get it on the promise. But see, a lot of us want the promise, but we don't want to get planted. I mean, that's just the culture we live in. We want the promise, but we, want, we don't want to do what's required to get the promise. We want the promise, but we don't want to get planted. So we talk about planted, and, and, and to really grasp what that really means, I, I want you to see the definition of what I say planted actually means. Planted actually means this. Planted means to put something firmly and strongly in a particular place. Not just any place. But it means putting something in a particular place. Like, like, like last week I showed you, and you're not going to be able to see it, but I do have it in my hand, like, like this apple seed. This apple seed that I took off that lid that I'm holding in my hand. This apple seed is a life-giving, oxygen-generating, fruit-producing thing. But, but this apple seed has to get planted if it's actually going to produce all it was created to be. If it stays on that lid that I'm putting it back on, that, that apple seed, let me tell you, will not produce anything. So what that tells us is that we have got to allow ourselves to get planted. And if you get planted in the wrong place, then you're not going to experience the life that God created you for. I got you up to speed, right? That was last weekend. And if you want to experience the whole thing, which I totally would recommend, go back, watch, go back and listen to last week. Because it brings it into context. Give me a minute. Now, here's the thing. Look, look, look around. There are lots of empty seats. Lots of people traveling already. School's out. People going. People doing. It's pretty. People are out. They're already engaged in Thanksgiving week. And one of the things that I know that you can do is you can, you can watch church online. Lots of people. I already saw lots of people watching online. But even though you can watch online, I, I, I want to tell you that I want you here on the weekend. And the reason that I want you here is because I want you to be a part of what's happening here. Because the things that are happening here in this building, this is God's heart. And I want you to be a part of God's heart. And that doesn't happen when you're watching online. It doesn't happen when you don't show up in person. And the reason I want you to be here in person is because when you are here in person, I want you to let your roots go down deep in the place of God and the things of God with the people of God. Because it's important in what we just read. 
And think about roots, you know, going down deep, growing strong in the Lord, in the place of the Lord, in the things of the Lord. Anybody ever seen those giant redwood trees in Northern California? We got a, we got a picture we're going to show you some right here on the screen behind me. Huge, gigantic. Do you know that the root system of those trees, they go down deep, but you know that they don't just go down deep. You know what else they do? They intermingle with one another. And the reason that they intermingle with one another is to hold them up. I mean, they go down and then they go sideways and they, and, and they, and they lock onto each other and the, the in doing that, that's the very reason why those redwood trees have stood the test of time. It's the very reason why they have stood during forest fires and mudslides and the storms that come their way. The reason those redwood trees are still standing is because their roots have gone down deep. And not only have they gone down deep, their roots have interconnected with each other. That's the very thing that God wants to do with you here. It's the reason why you need to be here on the weekend. It's the reason why you need to get involved. Because when you get involved doing something, serving, helping, it allows you to build community with other people. And again, we want you to be connected. We want you to be connected with other brothers and sisters of the faith who are going after God because when you're connected with those people who are going after God, it will in turn make you go after God. It's the very reason why we tell parents, get your children to church every Sunday. It's the reason why we tell our middle and high school students to get here on Wednesday night. The reason why we want kids and adults and children here is because, listen, you've got to get your spiritual roots down. Because, listen, when the winds blow, your kids and your grandkids are going to be facing things that you have never faced before. They're already facing things that you and I have never faced. And listen to me, parents and grandparents, if you don't help your children and grandchildren get their roots down strong in God, do you know what's going to happen? They're going to get blown over. And they're going to get uprooted. And they're never going to experience what God created them to experience. That's our job as parents and grandparents. That's our job as the church. Our job is to help them experience the life that God has created them to live. And that's what we want for them. And that's not just what we want for them. That's what we want for you as well. See, I, I truly have to tell you this morning that, that, that I think too many Christians... are starting to be like this, this potted plant. I mean I, I, I mean, I went to Lowe's on Friday, I think. 
and, and, and of course, they don't have much to choose from, but I went and picked up this plant. And, and what's really interesting is this, uh, you know, you, you, especially in the spring, in the summer, you go, you go and you pick uh, a plant, you're going to, you know, redo the landscaping and kind of freshen up, make your house look good for spring and summer. And what's really interesting is this, have you ever picked up a plant and you looked at this particular pot, uh, the roots are, see, right there, they're coming out the bottom. I mean, and, and you're doing everything you can. But it's like the plant is actually grown into the pot. So you, you, you grab it and you do, the be, the, you do the best that you can and try to get it out. And then I'm going to try not to make a mess here. But look, you can kind of see it. But what you see is what's in this pot is just roots. I mean, there, there are more roots there than there are anything else. And it's almost like this pot and this plant is actually root-bound. And it made me think, you know what? I I think that's the way a lot of Christians are. I think a lot of Christians are are, are what I call actually root-bound Christians. They're they're just, they're simply root-bound Christians. And you say, well, what do you mean when you say a root-bound Christian? I'll tell you exactly what I mean. You're potted, but you're not planted. You're potted. You know why you're potted? So that you can pick yourself up and move yourself elsewhere whenever you want to. Oh, it was just too loud in there this morning. I just don't like it when the light, why do they have to have that smoke? I just don't understand that. You know what? I like that other preacher over across town because he expository preaches. Verse by verse by verse by verse. So you know what you can do? When you're potted, you can just pick yourself and move yourself wherever you want. Because they're potted and not planted. You know what the problem is when you're not potted? Or when you're potted and not planted? There's a problem. And the problem is that your life is limited. I mean, think about it. Potted plants depend on somebody else to take care of them. Potted plants always are depending on somebody else. Go out to Home Depot this afternoon or Lowe's after church and look at all those potted plants. They totally depend on somebody else to water them. You know what potted plants do on Sunday morning? They come into the church and they say, Randy, just a little bit. Just give me a little bit. Uh, not too much. Oh, not too Oh, that feels so good. That's what potted plants do in the church. Just give me a little bit. Oh, oh. Because potted plants depend on somebody else for their nourishment. Without somebody watering them and without somebody fertilizing them, you know what's going to happen to a potted plant? A potted plant is going to die. But the moment that they get their roots down into the ground, they start to grow. Their own roots go down deep and they start to flourish. They go down deep in the Word of God. They go down deep in godly relationships. 
And all of a sudden, you know what happens? They're flourishing. And you know what? It doesn't matter what happens around them. Because now they're not dependent on somebody else. The storms are going to come. And you know what? Because their roots are down deep, they will weather those storms. Because they're rooted and they're not dependent on somebody else. See, that's what I want for your life. I want you to be strong. I want you to be flourishing in your life. And according to the scripture, that happens when you're planted, not potted. It's just a reminder of another verse that's found in Jeremiah. Look at Jeremiah 17. It says, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends its roots out by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought, and it never fails to bear fruit. See, when you're planted and not potted, it doesn't matter what happens around you. Doesn't matter who's president. Doesn't matter who, you know, what's going on in the economy. When you're planted and not potted, you're always going to stay green. When you're planted and not potted, you're always going to be flourishing. And it, look at what it said. It says, you will never fail to bear fruit. Look at, look at the last four or five words. Jake, go back if you will. Never fails to bear fruit. Because right there in that phrase, again, is a word picture. The psalmist, or the, in, in Jeremiah, they provided us with another word picture that we need to look at. Never fails to bear fruit. This beautiful, fresh apple. Have you ever thought about this? The apple is not for the apple tree. I mean, how many times have you ever walked through an orchard and seen an apple tree trying to eat an apple? It just doesn't happen. Because the fruit is not for the tree. In fact, the apple tree doesn't even get any benefit from the fruit. It's actually bearing the fruit for somebody else. I mean, think of all the things that the tree will produce. Oxygen. Shade. And fruit. And all of those things are not for the tree. All of those things are for somebody else. So when your life begins to flourish, listen to me, Crossroads, listen. When your life begins to flourish and you're rooted and planted and God begins to bless your life, it's not for you. Come on now. It's not for you. It's for what God wants to do through you and in you. 
Because what he's going to do in you and through you is going to last way beyond you. Come on. Way beyond you. Way beyond you. Many of you know because you've been here the last couple of weeks. Crossroads has an urgent need right now. We need to raise $100,000 to replace aging equipment that services our building. We've asked you, people inside the church, and we've asked people outside the church to help. And most of you know because COVID, this, this church looks totally different than it did before COVID. And we have struggled because when we came back after COVID, after missing several months, people just did not come back. So two weeks ago, I told you, you know, here's what I need. And some of you laughed. And I don't want, you know, again, let me just tell you, if you laughed, I don't mean this to be sound bad. The joke's going to be on you. I told some of you, I said, can, can we have 10 people give 10,000? Or 20 people give 5,000? Or, or 100 people give 1,000? Because all of us can do something. All of us can do something because let me tell you, when you compare your life to the life of anybody else anywhere in the world, you are blessed. Amen? You are blessed. So don't wait. Just ask God right now, what, what, God, what would you have me do? And you know what I believe? That God will speak to you. And he will tell you exactly what he wants you to do. And you know what? You may not like it. But you're wondering why it's cold? There's a reason. So let me update you on where we are. As of yesterday. In two weeks, up until this moment, you and other people have given $43,700. We're almost halfway there. So what does that mean? It means we got to get jiggy with it. <laughs> it means we got to get this taken care of. And we can take care of this crossroads because God has blessed us. And let me just say this. The people that benefit that benefit from the flourishing that happens in your life? You know who the first benefiters are? It's the people closest to you. Let me speak to the men. Men, when you're following God and you're being the man that God wants you to be, your wife is going to benefit from that. There's going to be a blessing that comes to your wife because you have made the choice to let your roots go down deep in the things of God. And when you let your roots go down deep in the things of God, you just need to understand, men, your wife is going to benefit from that. You know who else benefits? Your children. Your children are the first ones who get to eat the spiritual fruit that your life produces. If your life does not produce spiritual fruit, then your children will die from the lack of it. Now think about this, parents. How are your kids supposed to eat spiritual fruit if you're not producing any spiritual fruit? 
When you produce spiritual fruit, it's going to bring life to them. And not just to them, it's going to bring life to generations to come. That apple seed that I'm holding in my hand right now. Do you know that that apple seed just doesn't, it does not have the capacity for just one tree? But this apple seed has the capacity for thousands and thousands and thousands of trees. As a matter of fact, look, 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 at, this, look at this picture right here. That's an orchard. That's a picture of an apple orchard. Do you understand that a full apple orchard can come from one seed, one seed that keeps producing fruit, that keeps getting planted, that keeps producing fruit, that keeps getting planted, that keeps producing fruit, that keeps getting planted. And can I just say this? The people that planted those trees in that picture that you see behind me, do you understand? They had no idea who would end up eating that fruit. There was no way for them to know. And we don't even know if the people that planted those trees are still alive today. But even if they're not still alive today, do you understand that people are still eating the fruit of those trees? And see, that same concept is true for you and me. Because listen to me, Crossroads, when you plant your life in the things of God, and it begins to grow and flourish and produce life-giving fruit, then you have no idea what goes on beyond you. It goes on beyond your family. And it will impact people that you don't even know. Do you realize that there were people who planted their life in crossroads? But today, on this day, the 19th of November of 2023, those people, they're not here. They're in heaven. But you're eating the fruit of what they planted. Do you understand this? Some of the people that planted into Crossroads, they were the ones who initially helped to pay for the brand new air conditioning units that we put in 18 years ago. The ones that we need to replace. You know, one of the first people that comes to my mind is a guy by the name of Kenneth Lester. Man, I miss that dude. You know, you know when Kenneth came to Crossroads, he was invited by somebody and showed up, and him and his wife, Laura, sat on the back row, you know, like good Baptist people typically do, you know. Kenneth hadn't been going to church. Somebody invited him to Crossroads, and he sat back there for maybe months or maybe, I, I don't know how long it is. He's in heaven, so I can say all I want to right now, you know. But he sat back there in the back, and for a long time, he, 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 he was systematic, automatic. I mean, same seat, same place every time, and just attended regularly, never missed. Then all of a sudden, he started giving. And he upped his giving. 
and he upped his giving, and he upped it, and he upped it, and he upped it. And then you know what happened? Then he started serving. He, he actually ran the screen right, right behind me. Loved it. It was so out of his wheelhouse, but he loved it. So because of what Kenneth did, many of you right now are experiencing the things that are happening here. See, it's people like Kenneth. People like Joanna Flannery, Miss Ida, people like my mother. They planted themselves in this house. And because they planted themselves in this house, right now you're benefiting from it. And that just tells you that there are people in the future out there that are going to benefit from what fruit is happening in your life, from the fruit that you're producing now. And it could happen generations from now that they actually benefit from what you do. I mean, think about it. It's not just about me getting up here and hounding you for $100,000 to replace aged equipment. It's not about that. It's about us providing an environment where people can come into this building and experience the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. And on this side of heaven, you have no idea what you do and how it's going to impact other people. But you know what could happen? You could step into eternity. And there's a line of people waiting to see you. Say, hey. Thank you. So much for what you did at Crossroads. Because it changed my life. That's the blessing that will come. And, and you know what? We get that. But at the same time, we understand that church is not about us. We understand that church is not about us, but we are the church. And as the church, we actually exist for the world. We're, we're not here to sing a few songs and drink coffee and have conversation. We are actually, listen to me this morning, a church on a mission. And that mission was given, us, given to us by Jesus Christ himself. Actually, he gave us some parting words. And look at these words found in Matthew chapter 28. Here's what it says. He said this to us. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. So what do we want to be? We want to be a church on a mission. Listen to me this morning. Listen, listen, listen. Look right here. We're not keepers of the aquarium. We are fishers of men. And you know what that means as the church? We got to go out there and get some new fish. We got to reach people who need hope and Jesus in their life. Paul puts it like this in 2 Corinthians. Look at what he says in 2 Corinthians. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God is making his appeal through us. It's like God is making his appeal 
through the people that you work through or work with, but he's doing it through you. God is making an appeal to the people that you go to school with, but he's doing it through you. God is making an appeal through the people that you work out with at Planet Fitness, but he's doing it through you. He isn't coming down. He's already done that. He wants to do it through you because he says you are an ambassador. I mean, think about what an ambassador does. An ambassador is sent from one place to another place. An ambassador is sent from one kingdom to another kingdom. We have been sent. Oh, this is good. This is gold. We have been sent from the kingdom of God to this world to represent the king. As ambassadors, we're supposed to point people to Jesus. That's the very reason why I ask you to do things like the 100 Box Project. Filling that box with food and staple items that we give at Christmas just allows us to bring hope into hopeless situations. It's the very reason why we have to fix those units because we have to keep going. We want to keep going because we want to carry the light into the dark places. And you know what? It would have been so easy for me to say, you know what? I don't want to climb the mountain of having to raise $100,000. But that's not an option for us. Amen? It's not an option. Amen? Amen. It's not an option. We have to keep going. We need to go. We have to go, and we have to tell people about Jesus. And what I want you to understand about the church is that as the church, we have to continue to take ground. Because what we do as a church is both practical and spiritual. The practical thing is that we've got to keep this building up so that we can keep going. We need to make some practical improvements so that we can keep doing the things that we do here. But what we do primarily is spiritual. We're taking back territory. We're taking back people's hearts for God. So that means that we have got to pray people like we have never prayed before. Because can I, I just tell you, if there was ever a time that the church needs to be taking back ground, it's now. Look at our world. Look at what's happening in our world. If there ever has been a time that the church needs to be on mission, if there has ever been a time that the church needs to be strong, that we need to be forward, moving forward and that we need to be taking territory. Let me, let me tell you, it is now. If there has ever been a time that followers of Jesus Christ need to get planted so that their roots go down deep and strong so that when the world is throwing all kinds of craziness at us, and it is. If there's ever been a time that we need to be strong in the things of God, it's now. If we ever needed to be planted in the house of the Lord, 
there ever was that time, it would be now. So this morning, I want to close by telling you I have two challenges for you. Here's the first one. Plant yourself in the house of God. Plant yourself in God's house. And let me tell you this, and I say this as much as I can mean it and as humbly as I can say it. If this is your church, then go find a church. Get into another church. Get into a Bible-believing, Spirit-filled, life-giving church. And once you get there, put your roots down there. And let those roots go down deep. But if Crossroads is your church... maybe you've been potted not planted maybe you've been coming for that little Randy Spritz on Sunday it's time to stop and it's time to start putting down roots so that you can grow strong so that you can be the person that God created you to be. Start attending in person. Start serving. Start giving. Get connected. Get planted in the house of God in this season. That's the first thing. Here's the second thing. Pray. You know what I want you to pray? Ask God to give you his heart for this house to give you a bigger heart for his house when you pray say God help me to see the church the way you see the church not the way that I saw it but God give me a vision for the church and God how is it that you want to use me How is it that you want me to help other people to find what I've already found? See, you've already found something. You found someone. And when you and I have found someone, Jesus Christ, we have got to share that with the world. So as we're trying to raise that $100,000. I want you to understand something, Crossroads. It is so much bigger than $100,000. It's so much bigger than you. Because the goal is to help you get a heart for God's house. And can I just be honest with you? If that means this morning that you don't give anything, but you get yourself and your family planted in the house of God, then just do that. I want to close by praying two prayers. The first prayer is that all of us would obey the voice of the Holy Spirit. Just obey the voice of the Holy Spirit. Those of you watching online, same thing. Just obey the voice of the Holy Spirit when it comes to all of this. That's my prayer, that you would hear His voice and that you would yield to His voice and that you would do whatever it is that He asks you to do. Because most of you are not going to like what you hear the Holy Spirit say. 
you're going to push back. So my prayer is that you would hear his voice and discern his voice and do what his voice says in regards to all that we've talked about. The second prayer I want to pray is for those of you who struggled last week and this week with that moment when I said when you're taking those last breaths on your deathbed, those two important things are going to be, you know, your family and your friends and your relationship with God. And you thought, you know what, I don't really know if my relationship with God is where it needs to be. Or maybe you don't even have a relationship with God. Let me tell you, can I just be honest with you? You guys know that I'm, 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 I'm pretty authentic and humble. I would not be walking in this world right now without a relationship with God. It is so messed up. I truly believe, and I'm not, I'm not a fear pusher, I truly believe that Jesus could come back before I finish this prayer. And I want you to be ready. I want you to meet him in the air when that happens, if you're still alive. I'm going to pray for you and your relationship, that if you don't have that relationship, that you, today would be the day that you begin that relationship. God, we take this time and we ask you to speak to us. Speak to us by your Holy Spirit as only you can. God, do what only you can. And God, as you speak by your Spirit, my, my prayer is that your people who are called by your name, that they would hear your voice and that they would obey what it is that your Holy Spirit is telling them in regards to their life, in regards to serving and giving and attending, that they would be obedient to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because God, what you're doing here is so much bigger than us. And the fruit that it will yield will benefit generations to come. I thank you for people like Ken Lester and Nancy Cook and Joanna Flannery and Miss Ida and countless people that I probably missed, but those are the ones that came to my mind really quick. Thank you for the fruit. Thank you for those people getting planted in this church and making a difference. God, for those that are here this morning and those that were here last week that struggled with that whole idea of taking those final breaths, no relationship with God or a broken relationship with you, my prayer today is that they would come to you in humility recognizing the need that they have for Jesus Christ, the author, the finisher of their faith, the one who died for their sins, who paid the price that they owed. And that right now, whether they're in this auditorium or watching or listening online, on vacation, traveling for Thanksgiving, that they would just yield themselves to prayer, asking for forgiveness, praying, and asking you, God, to do in their lives what only they can do, what only you can do. And God, as I stand here losing my voice, it's all about them and their heart. Speak to them by your spirit. Woo them in. And allow them to experience the forgiveness that I've experienced in Jesus Christ. As we ask his prayer, this prayer in his name.
devil ain't going to keep me down. You know what I'm saying? Would you, would you do me a favor? Yeah. Ready? Can we sing the whole thing again? Yeah. We're going to sing it again. If you need to go, go. But you better not go. I better not see nobody hit that door. You know what I'm saying? <laughs>
it or not if you would have been at home you'd have missed out on that because I don't know if it was me or if it was them but man the Holy Spirit just grabbed me that last little bit and I believe that this is a new wine moment for Crossroads I believe we're going to see God do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever ask or think <laughs> 